not not a portion of it, not a 10% discount, not a little bit by bit, not even 90%, but completely forgiven. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. We welcome Lars Olson back to the podcast to discuss the parable of the dishonest manager. A wealthy man's manager is squandering his property and is promptly fired. Before word gets out that he was fired, the manager goes to the wealthy man's business associates to transfer debts from his former employer to himself in exchange for favors. In our conversation, we talk about how cutting deals and transferring debts is the way of the world, both in Jesus' time and today. When you're in debt, financially or socially, the person you owe has power over you. In a power-hungry world, it's unheard of to give up that leverage. But that's the significance of forgiveness. Jesus not only took on all of our debts, but he gave up all power and forgave them. Full stop, we owe nothing. Our debts are paid in full. Pay attention to that theme in this week's text. Here's Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, How much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And now on to this week's conversation. (music) 
Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Lars Olson with us this week. Thanks for being here, Lars. Hey, you're welcome, Mason. It's good to be here with you. How's it going, Lars? Doing pretty well. Thanks, Adam. That's not really an answer. (laughs) He's doing pretty well. That's an answer. (laughs) answer. What is one thing from this week that you think the audience should know? Besides that, that you're doing you got well. three hours of sleep last night. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, besides that, <laughs> about you, <laughs> Lars is an enigma. No one really knows much That's about right. him, and we're uh, gonna keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> we're in Luke chapter sixteen, <laughs> verses one through thirteen. We're in Luke chapter sixteen. Lars is like, please delete this part. All right. <laughs> so uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand that Christ uh, seems to bring up this. Uh, parable almost un unprompted unprompted yeah it just kind of comes out of thin air here right it's following chapter 15 which we've had a little bit of time in the last month um, with the parables of the uh, of the lost sheep and the lost coin and then the prodigal son and this follows right on the heels of that so that uh, the then Jesus said to the disciples is the next parable so he goes from telling the parable of the prodigal son to right into telling this parable of the dishonest manager but there's no real context other than that given, right? Uh, there's not some um, some story or somebody coming up to him to ask a question. It's just Jesus starting to tell uh, this parable of the dishonest manager. What's he a manager of? Uh, he is a manager of the uh, rich man's uh, estate. So he's managing money, perhaps property, investments, um, maybe it, all of his accounts receivable. Who knows uh, mm-hmm. all that is, but he's... But he's fairly powerful. He seems to have a a large accounting over all of the rich man's property. So the big part about this parable is that um, it was brought to this man's attention. There was a rich man who had a manager. Well, charges were brought against him that the man was squandering his property. Yeah, it's a parable. So we don't know really who brought the charges, but there's an accusation that there's something uh, wrong going on. Not that he's a bad manager, that he does his job poorly. But as we read through the parable, you see that he's probably really good at it. He's no. uh, he's good at doing his job so that, uh, he, but he's turning it to his own benefit. He's getting his own things out of it. He's so squandering it, not for the master's What does duty. squandering mean? In this, well, in any text, but in this context, I mean, what other does places you'll read it be wasting the property, not the money, he, the property. Both, squandering yeah. is using it frivolously, uh, <laughs> using it for its wrong purpose. Um, uh, kind of has the the sense of uh, letting it blow away into the wind. Um, kind of uh, separating the wheat and the chaff that it's that it's dis- disappearing before your eyes in a, in a in a way that it shouldn't be. I know we'll get into it more, but that's in nowadays, that's a huge no-do. Like you see undercover boss TV shows where the boss goes undercover and literally looks for stuff like this. They look for the good employees <laughs> and then they look for the people who are doing stuff like this. <laughs> all the all the uh, poor little um, uh, uh, table waiters who are, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, saying the wrong things to people. Yeah. No, this would be like the manager of the restaurant or maybe the... the um, the CEO of the city chain or something like this. This is, okay. uh, this is he's a fairly high-powered manager of all the master's things. Yeah, and it's not that he was doing his job poorly, like you said. This is it's slightly different. It's that he's you doing his job for his own benefit almost. Yeah, it doesn't really say exactly what the accusation is other than it's 
he, he's not doing his job as manager, which is making sure that the master's, the rich man's um, property is doing its job. Mm-hmm. He's doing something other than that. Yeah. So he gets audited, basically. Give me an accounting of your management. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I- interestingly enough, though, of course, the... Um, the accounting isn't isn't to uh, make the accusation stick. It's already done. He's yeah. fired. Yeah. Uh, now the master's going to take this over himself and and check out what's been going on. Um, Give me an accounting of your management. You'll be my, my master no longer. Uh, which leads right into the heart of the parable, of course. That uh, what's what is this manager now going to do when he doesn't have uh, anything to manage? Mm-hmm. Well, he says to himself. <laughs> doesn't say out loud. He says to himself. What will I do now that the, my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ash- uh, I am ashamed to beg. So, I mean, he's kind of caught in a conundrum there that he's not going to do manual labor. Yeah, he doesn't really have any options left, right? And so... Um, he, he does decides. what we all do. We, we put on our thinking hats and start measuring, uh, what do I have? What are my options and what's best for me? And, mm-hmm. uh, and then going about, um, preserving what you can in this world for yourself. He's like, I can't save my, the way my boss looks at me. So I'll save the way the other people look at me. Right. He's made so, relationships with all of his, uh-huh. uh, masters, uh, um, business partners or something like this. Yeah. Uh, and so um, now he ha- sees an opportunity saying, I can't dig. I don't have enough power in myself to do that. Um, I can't, I'm, I'm can't ashamed beg. to beg. I'm too proud to do that. And so you can see he's got, he's kind of caught between worlds. He's, um, mm-hmm. he's got too much or too little, uh, but right in the center is where he finds himself. And so he's going to have to do what's best for himself. In and that he says, time. when I am dismissed as manager, People may welcome me into their homes. Right. So he sees what's coming. He's got a he's got a few minutes here to uh, to make a plan. But once they hear that he's no longer in charge of the accounting, no longer in charge of the uh, um, payables, um, he'll lose all sorts of power. But he's got a chance right now in this moment before all the before the word gets out that he's been canned uh, that uh, he can go that then to people and say instead of owing my master, you can owe me, and it won't be owing me money. It'll be owing me favor, right? And so he's transferring his master's debt to himself, but in exchanging it for money to, or for uh, goods uh, in order to say, uh, how do I get a favor from you? Mm-hmm. How can I come into your home? Mm-hmm. And so he's uh, both transferring and receiving both debt and payable um, in a different way. So he's making a world for himself, right? He's making a, a, a living he's after his living is over. transfer himself power in some sense or just exactly. relationships or in a, in a way that's... yeah. Outside of his manager, right? So he's trying to he's trying to retain his power inside of a place where he's either too, we're inside of a place where he has no power left. So uh, all he's got left uh, because he won't dig and he won't beg um, is to try to gain a foothold in the world by uh, by putting people in his debt. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we hear uh, a couple stories. How much do you, or so summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He answered a hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 50. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? And he replied a hundred containers of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and make it 80. So he's just, uh, he's lowering their debts or he's kind of, he's, 
He's re- giving a he's, discount. He's consolidating. How, he's uh, <laughs> what's the, the word for it? He's uh, renegotiating. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's a debt consolidator. Yeah. Right? He's like, uh, look, I'll buy your debts off and things. Yeah, no, he's he's giving him a discount, right? Mm-hmm. He's buying a favor by giving a discount off his master's uh, debt. Uh, it's really interesting how we uh, transfer debts to one another, be they social or financial, um, by. Uh, um, by trying to absorb or take this on so that we put people in our debt so yeah. that they have to do something for us. That's how mm-hmm. we make our way through the world. Mm-hmm. And that's true both for uh, money and transactions. It's uh, true in social situations. Um, being in debt or having uh, enough to loan out is the way of the world. That's where we all want to be. We'd rather be loners rather than debtors. Mm-hmm. We'd like to have people in our debt rather than giving uh, ourselves into somebody else. Because, of course, when you're a debtor, you you are a slave to them. They can right. do what and they say. So if, if you were to have your pay off all your debts, then you don't owe anybody anything. So that's the same thing. Like if you forgave all, if somebody else all their debts, then you wouldn't be able to lord it over. You couldn't ask them for anything because yeah. they might tell you no. Um, you couldn't demand anything from them because uh, you have no power over them. And so the whole world works in a power structure. And that's what this dishonest manager is banking on. That's uh, in this parable, when he transfers the debt, he's going to retain some of the power not maybe not all the power, but enough of the power to make a, a living for himself. In yeah, this world so yet. people would w- welcome him into their homes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll forgive half of the debt. Fourth verse. So as long as I get to stay in your little social right. circle and, uh, and lord it over you. Hey, I'll buy you dinner tonight if I can crash in your couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a <laughs> <Deal>. <laughs> small way of doing it, right? Uh, right. Well, and what's interesting in. My- I, this actually confused me when we were reading it because of the way in verse eight, how the master responds. It's to me, it's so unconventional how the master would respond. It says, and his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly for the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. Yeah. No, he gets commended. The master looks at him and there's some, uh, um, you know, play going on here to understand what's, uh, what's happening there. Is he commending him because um, he did what the master would have done to put people in his debt? Uh, he's acting shrewdly, or is he being commended because this is exactly what he did for the master um, in mm. in making these business deals? Saying he's saying, "Yep, that's exactly who you are. That's how you've operated." Um, some people have have uh, tried to say that you know what what the ma- what the what the manager did was uh, forgive the interest that people had paid to the master, and so that he so that he's um, now trying to make this kind of an. Uh, uh, even playing field, right? He's uh, he's bringing everybody back to an egalitarian place rather than uh, give ma- making interest payments off of these things. That that doesn't really seem to be what's what's going on here. He seems to be commending him for doing this work of saying, "Look, uh, you played your last card and you played it well. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. played what you had in the in the world and you made it made it happen." What mm-hmm. does he mean when he says? T- It's kind of a really quick, in my opinion, abrupt transition, but maybe that's because I don't understand it. When he says children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. 
Yeah. So the children of light, you would think of as people who have been enlightened, who have uh, been shine, shown upon, right? Who have uh, heard of this good news of the kingdom, that there's something of a different age, of a different place. The, the, the children of this world, of this age, um, they know how to, to live with one another. They, they cut deals, they, they trim off debts, they, they make it here or there. Uh, I pay off my debts over here, I take more debts over there, and we get through in the world. But the children of light, um, you know, those who have heard this good news, uh, this, this kingdom of God that has come for them, that they cannot earn, that they cannot buy, that all of their debt has been forgiven. Not not a portion of it, not a 10% discount, not a little bit by bit, not even 90%, but completely forgiven. Um, uh, well, they stop even wondering, perhaps, what it, it what the world looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, those who, uh, who are why, why? absorbed completely by the gospel, by, by the forgiveness of their entire sin, wiped out, uh, stop thinking about, I wonder what people owe me now. Mm-hmm. How do I make my life in this world? Rather than, how do I live... Uh, because everything has been a gift to me. How do I live now because God has wiped out all of my debt? How do I live looking at other people saying, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to make a, make a little scratch here left in the world. Mm-hmm. If you've been, yeah, if you've had everything wiped away, you don't need to be shrewd. Right. Exactly. You don't, yeah. You don't have to make your own way in the world. Yeah. You don't have to worry about uh, what what's above you or you below you? You're just saying, "I'm living here." Right. Mm-hmm. So the so the children of this world <laughs> are constantly cutting those deals, making that scratch happen. Right. Um, uh, debts counting. Are, am I strong enough? Am I ashamed enough? Uh, going up and down in the world, rather than saying, uh, "All has been wiped out. A whole new life has been given to me." And it says, and I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Right. And so there's a double play going on here, right? If you're thinking about worldly uh, transactions, um, then it's kind of sarcastic, right? Make friends for yourselves by dishonest wealth. That is by cutting deals uh, that cut other people out and make a way for yourself. But the sarcastic part is those deals come to an end. You can, they don't, there's no eternal home there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They finally bite and devour and destroy one another by who's finally the biggest debtor there mm-hmm. is. But if it's about the kingdom of God, then we know who the biggest debtor is, the one who has taken all the sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and taking all the sin is Christ uh, in order to wipe out all the others in order to give you an eternal home. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking about this then in terms of the kingdom, then dishonest wealth isn't about uh, cutting little pieces out to make a way for yourself. It's really about the forgiveness of all debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. in the world, what does forgiveness look like but breaking the law? Yeah, It looks dishonest to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's almost destructive, as you were talking about, Mason, to the financial systems of the world and the way that we live, it actually rips apart those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're going to make your make your, a way for yourselves and friends by dishonest wealth, it's going to be by forgiving their sin as Christ mm-hmm. has forgiven you. And that's the eternal life that is promised. Yeah. Christ, if you were talking about your power structures earlier about how if you owe debt to somebody else that they can lord it over you, if Jesus takes all of our our <laughs> debt on to himself, 
he could have that power that we would owe him forever. Yeah. But instead of lording that over us, he turns around he is and forgives all. everything. Not not 10%, not 20%. He doesn't say, look, I'll cut a deal with you. Uh, you know, Kiri, do a little better this week, but yeah. you don't have to pay me fully back. It's only going to be 75%. You know, mm-hmm. bring bring ten, uh, an eight g- jars of wheat or something next week. He, no, he's saying it's all done. It's mm-hmm. all wiped out. It's destroying, actually, uh, the, the structures of this world. That's mm-hmm. what forgiveness finally is going to do mm-hmm. uh, in order to make the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. where we're not running on deals and discounts. Mm-hmm. So it continues on. It seems to be a, a different, I guess not that different of story, but uh, in 10th uh, verse goes like this. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. It seems to be a pretty uh, big cap at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but look even how they're trying to to, uh, count between faithfulness and dishonesty, right? Yeah. Uh, That there's there's some sort of um, an amount faithfulness and dishonesty, neither of them do the, does the amount matter? Yeah. You're uh, either one or the other. Or right. You're, yeah. you're either it's dishonest a, or you're faithful. Not, doesn't, yeah. the amount isn't really what's going, but that's what, what he means by serving a slave, serving two masters. You can't live in this world and have the next. It's finally going to be one or the other. It's not a world where uh, debts remain and where debts are forgiven. It's mm-hmm. one or the other. And that's going to be the gift of Christ for the disciples uh, that says, uh, the kingdom is for you. Mm-hmm. Hear this word, your sin is forgiven. And of course, if you read just a little bit past this, you'll see that the Pharisees hear this and they start grumbling, right? Uh, uh, again, uh, this, is, this is not going to be uh, the way that the world works for them. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Lars Olson for teaching us that when Jesus says, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Dishonest wealth isn't about making your own way in this world. It's about breaking what society expects. Dishonest wealth is Jesus turning the deal-cutting and debt-transferring nature on its head. He takes all of our debts, gives up all of his power, and forgives them in full. Your sin is forgiven. You owe nothing. You're free on account of Christ. Luther House of Studies' mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current, and future ministry professionals, as well as members of the church, without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send Sarah Stenson an email at sarah.stenson at lutherhouseofstudy.org. That's sarah.stenson at lutherhouseofstudy.org. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, 
your debts are forgiven. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.